G'day everyone, it is Monday, February 6th, Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio, I hope you had a fantastic weekend, and uh, we've got a great week ahead of us, the first test of course, on Thursday in India, gee the Australians, they've got some personnel dramas leading into it, you want everything to go right when you go to India, certainly has it in the build up, that's for sure, but uh, going to be a great series starting Thursday, we've got some trial games this weekend. They're all going to be on Fox and KO for us as well, starting Thursday night over in New Zealand, the Warriors and the West Tigers. Stacks of other trials over the course of the weekend as well. And a huge week for Alex Volkanovsky. He's got the biggest fight of his career, and it's in Perth next weekend as well. But uh, Loza, morning to you, mate. You were there for the nuptials of your good mate there on Saturday at Royal Ramwick. Are we going to see more weddings at the track? How good was it? It was sensational. Good morning, boys. Good morning to everyone. And we had a fantastic day slash night. Um, didn't really know what to expect, but when we got out there, it was a beautiful day. They had the, the ceremony about 11.30, and then we were upstairs in the Doncaster room, and then we're in and out on the balcony having a bet, watching a few horses. They had a band inside. It was a cracking day. And congratulations to Dave and Sam because they put on a, a wonderful wedding. Uh, the only downer of the day was our old mate's horse. Mm, so uh, she just didn't run as well as what we would have hoped for. Yeah. Let's see if something... That's all. I had everyone in the room on her. Ah. Well, I said, I've got the late mail, which you would... I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I said I've got the late mail She's ready to go I'll bet you were back at the bar pretty quickly after that race <laughs> I bagged him after it I said what would he know Why, am I, why was I listening to him anyway <laughs> Morning pup Morning boys Morning to our listeners Yeah uh, Pretty wild She uh, I haven't heard anything But Wasn't a good run at all Hard to watch To be honest Mido We spoke on the phone I, Yeah I, I got no answers I don't know what happened she didn't. Um, she looked like she was in a good spot and mm. just didn't kick. Yeah, it was a strange one. Mm. Just have to find out if there's any issues with her. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But good weekend. Uh, Perth Scorchers, unbelievable. Good final. Great turnout in Perth. My God, wasn't a spare seat in the house. Yeah, and they love it over there, don't they? I tell you what, they what the way they handled pressure uh, in that big moment. That's I think that's their fifth BBL title. So they should be, uh, they should still be celebrating. But well done to them. And yeah, you mentioned the Aussies. Well, Josh Hazelwood sounds like he's definitely out um, with the, he, that Achilles problem. Sounds like well, Mitchell Stark's definitely out of the first test. Cameron Green, going on Andrew McDonald's comments yesterday, he said he's hope he's still hopeful he'll be on the team sheet. So that says to me, if he's not bowling, they're not going to pick him. If he can bowl, he's in. If he can't bowl, he's not in. Mm. They might go for Renshaw at number six, um, which makes that, that makes the the bowlers interesting. Are they going to go three quicks and Nathan Lyon and rely heavily on maybe Travis Head, Steve Smith to do uh, Manus Labuschagne to bowl a few overs? Well, if they go three spinner. quicks, Lance Morris is playing. Well, he's the only other quick over there that's fit. No Hazelwood, yeah. True, because no it's Stark, Cummins no and, and, and Boland at the moment, and uh, yeah, Stark's out. Stark's uh, coming out back from that finger test, injury. Yeah. Uh, so two quicks, Ashton Agar, Nathan Lyon, with no all rounder. Not sure. Seems thin, doesn't it? Yep. I think if you're going to go two and two, you definitely need an all rounder at six. Mm. I think just to be safe. 
Uh, who is there? No, well, they didn't take they didn't take a, they didn't take like a Stoinis or a Mitchell Marsh or they haven't got anyone to replace Cameron Green to do that. Mm. It's not medium pace workload. It's Cameron Green's 140 k's. Mm. That's why he he makes such an important difference to that team because he's like a genuine third fast bowler. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do actually. Um, also, let's see what that pitch is like as well. What what if they turn up and there is grass on it? Then they're going to go three quicks. And Nathan Lyon. See, to me, I think you, if in doubt, Australia, the way we have always, we have played our best cricket, even in the subcontinent, is three fast bowlers. Use your front line spinner as much as needed, and then use your part timers. Travis Head can bowl. He's, he's not the worst at all. He's he's a good part timer. Timer and Marnus Labuschagne's leg spin is a good part time as well. So. Oh, yeah. You'd get know. 20 overs out of, like, Steve Smith, Labuschagne, Head, would you? 20 you odd? would get, oh, you get 15. Between them. You get 15, yeah. definitely. Def- and again, remember, I, I think over there, it's it's the second innings as much as the first. It, inning, it, yeah. The first innings, you might need 10 overs max. Eight overs, probably, out of your part-timers. Just to give you, give you guys, like, just before lunch. Oh, sorry, just before tea. Um, before the second new ball, like I think you need eight to ten max in the first innings. Second innings, second innings, your part time has become if there's that uh, dryness in the wicket and that natural variation. Mm. That Marnus Labuschagne, Travis Head could be they could pick as good as Nathan Lyon. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so yeah, Thursday. I just I don't know. I I, I think. We do need to play three quicks, Clarky. Like I just think back to two thousand and four, how we won and how you won. Yeah, McGrath, Gillespie, Kasperovitz. Yep. We did have Warney, which obviously helps. But then again, yeah, his Warnie, record was Warnie never great. Didn't in have India. a cracker series either. Yeah. And Warney missed. I think Warney got. Did Warney miss the last, the last test or the last two test matches? Broke his thumb in the nets. That's Took right. his thumb piece out of his mm. batting glove and then broke his thumb. Nathan Horitz, I think, might have Nathan played. Nathan played. Yes, yes. Yeah. So he might have missed the last one. Um. Yeah, and I don't think I, I can't remember how Warney bowled, but I don't think he had. It wasn't like an Ashes series for him, where he was absolutely on fire. I, I think our quicks did a great job. They bowled stump the stump. We had really straight fields. Sometimes extra man on the leg side, so we looked to bowl at the stumps to get the Indian batters out. LBW bowled, you know, caught short cover, short mid wicket. That was our plan, and our quicks had the discipline to do that. And then, like I say, everyone chipped in with the ball. You know, yeah, our frontline bowlers did well, but if it took, you know, Darren Lehman bowled at certain stages, Simon Cadditch bowled at certain stages, I bowled at certain stages. It was just about everyone chipping in, and we, most importantly, we made enough runs. It was at the last test, you six for nine. That was one of the great turners of no, all time, wasn't it? That was Delhi. the toughest wicket I ever batted on. <laughs> that's for sure. I, if, if you could bowl the ball anywhere near the stumps, you were going to get wickets. It's turning square, right? My old man could have got five wickets. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we were, I think we were chasing 107 in the second innings. He got bowled out for 91 yeah. or something like that. So, yeah, yeah not one that, uh, that you want to remember, that's for sure. <laughs> Jack Whiten's 30th, fellas, uh, was an eventful one, to say the least, in the nation's capital there on the weekend. So the NRL Integrity, Integrity Unit is investigating this after Jack Whiten and Latrell Mitchell were charged by police. Now, the claims are, and uh, there's been a few, few eyewitness reports, uh, both in the press and on the news last night as well, um, 
Yeah, I say that they were very much just wrestling with each other and mucking around. The cops were pretty heavy-handed, according to some eyewitnesses there, about quarter to four in the morning outside of Canberra nightclub. They spent the night in the cells. Uh, they're going to front court February 22, both, of course, in the, in the Indigenous squad, which leaves for New Zealand this morning uh, to play that game next weekend, uh, being taken out of Australia for the first time, going to Rotorua there. But... Uh, uh, look, obviously just not the headlines that uh, the NRL wants, but at the end of the day, all the eyewitness accounts are saying, you know, it really wasn't much to see here. And, uh, you know, the cops have seen, we, we, well, they were staying together. Mm. So they've gone from the cells back to Jack's place uh, where their partners are there and all have to have breakfast together. That would have been a, an interesting morning for them all. But uh, yeah, the I'm... old adage, nothing great happens in nightclubs, that probably after midnight, does it? No, for these it quarter to four in the morning. I suppose that's one of the questions the clubs will be wanting to know. What were their players doing um, out at a nightclub at, at that time of the morning? Um, look, it's just definitely not a good look and something that the NRL and the clubs themselves don't want to find themselves with these headlines. But... It sounds as though it was just a, a muck-around fight between two great mates. Uh, yeah. Having a bit of a wrestling, it's not the first time you see it. It won't be the last time you, you see two friends when they've had a few drinks have a, have a bit of a, a muck-around blue. Uh, then the police have arrived and obviously things then have gone a little bit pear-shaped. So, oh, look, I don't know what will happen to them. Possibility of missing this weekend's All-Stars game. They might be fined. Um, but, you know, they've been charged. They've got a front court. No doubt we'll hear a lot more um, in the coming days of, of what happens, but it'd be a shame if they're ruled out of the All-Stars game because they're two of the attractions of that co- uh, that contest. And we've also seen another of, uh, another a lot of players over the weekend pull out. Mm. So they're starting to give withdrawals at a rapid rate for Big this time. game of footy. It was always going to be tough this season, Loz, after a World Cup, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I players have just come back. Well, players have only started training. Some of them have only had three, four weeks to get mm. ready for a game of football. And it's not just a trial batch either. You know, it's played at a, a high yeah. intensity. Uh, two cultures, um, you know, attacking each other and playing a, a hard, tough brand of football. Um, so that's the concern that the clubs have with their players. Uh, but Jack and Latrell, they'd certainly want to be on that plane. They, they want to be a part of it. I know that. Um, but obviously, you know, with what's occurred over the weekend, uh, they'll have some explaining to do. But it sounds as though it's just been a muck around wrestle um, that's gone wrong and people have turned up and thought they were being serious. Mm. I mean, you've coached them both. You know them well, Loz. I mean, you can just see it, can't you, with those two? I'm sure they're just well, I think rat anyone bags been together. Well, they were staying teams. at each other's place. Yeah, yeah. Look, they, so, it shouldn't have happened, put it that yeah. way, right? Yeah. It shouldn't have happened. It certainly, certainly shouldn't have happened. Uh, out the front of nightclubs mm. at, at that time in the morning. Uh, but I think most people that have been around, I don't know, sporting teams mm. at some stage, you know, when there's drink involved, everyone thinks they're the king of the jungle and <laughs> has a shot at the title with each other and they have a bit of a muck around wrestle and mm. things go pear-shaped after that. And it is front page of the Daily Telegraph today. Capital offence, the headline, police claim NRL stars fought in the street is the headline there. And uh, pretty prominent, as you can imagine, through the papers on the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald. Mitchell Whiten back in camp after arrests. Also uh, there as well. So... Uh, Loz, after, what, several years or a long time coaching the All-Stars team, out this week, this is what you'd be dealing with this morning. 
Yeah, poor old Ronnie Griffiths. The first uh, time he's uh, in charge of this side. And it's a good opportunity for Ronnie too. He's a good young Indigenous lad who coached the NRLW uh, Newcastle Knights to a premiership last season. Um, so it's not the start that he was looking for, but um, he'll have to deal with that. Um, and again, it's not a great headline for the NRL because we're only a couple of weeks away from the start of the premiership. And this weekend, the first round of the trials get underway and you've got two of your, your, your biggest name players uh, in the front page and back page of the paper for, for the wrong reason. So we'll find out more, no doubt, in the coming days. Um, but as it's sort of been reported at the moment, they have been arrested, but it sounds as though it was a, a bit of a, a muck around between, uh, between two friends. Um, but anyway, we'll find out. South are saying that they'll wait to see uh, what happens and the Raiders have said the same thing. But... Yeah, it's always terrible when you see these type of headlines just really when we're that close to the season starting. And no doubt Buzz has got some uh, mail on this. We'll speak to him after 7 o'clock this morning. He's also written a story on the back page of the telly today. 500 million grand slam. Volandi's open to interstate showpiece is the headline here. And, uh, of course, with the... Uh, well. The, the, the deal they had, what was it, 25 years or so to have the grand final in Sydney null and void after uh, the government didn't redevelop a core stadium. I think there's a bit of a sense of inevitability about this, or at least they're putting pressure in uh, Peter Volandis in his uh, comment here in the article, looking at what you know the government's paid for, and he says, much inferior events, and he's talking about the A-League grand final and, uh, uh, well, New South Wales government paying $15, $15 million to have the grand final in Sydney for the next three years. Uh, Valandi says they're going to have to get the checkbook out. We could sell the grand final interstate tomorrow. So uh, obviously wanting to have the grand final stay in Sydney, but it could end up going to the highest bidder. I won't be surprised if that ends up happening, Loz. Oh, look, anything can happen, Bido, but I think New South Wales are in the box seat if they come up with the dough. I think that's what it sounds like. If they're prepared to pay premium money for the next 25 years, then the NRL grand final will be here in Sydney. But if they don't, I can see it going interstate. I don't think it'll go interstate every year, but it might be one every five years or one every four years that the game is played in Brisbane or Perth or Melbourne. Um, So he wants what's fair. Um, And when you bring showcase events to different states, the governments will tell you what it means to the economy and how much money it actually brings um, to their to their state. So I think you know, Peter Volandis is a very shrewd and sharp negotiator. Uh, he'd be letting the government know that if they're not ready to play ball, then he will be prepared to take the ARL grand final or the NRL grand final to, uh, to a different state. Uh, back page as well of the telly. Testing time. Shock Haveswood injury opens door for Boland. And back page of the Australian. Boland in line for shock call-up. I'll tell you what, he's going to bowl well over there, though, pup. With that nagging line and length that he's got. Scott Boland, looking forward to seeing how he goes. Or are you concerned maybe that he'll struggle in those conditions? No, I think I think he'll do well. I think he knows his game pretty well. Um, he, he's, he'll, he'll, continue, he'll be consistent. I think new ball generally in India, if there's any movement, it's in the air, it's swing. And he's not a big user of swing bowling. He's more hit the wicket and seam. Seams it back into a right-hander. But he's very accurate. 
he's got all the skills that that's required in those conditions to be able to do a job throughout the entire day, not just with the new ball, but reverse swing. He can bring it back into a righty uh, through those middle overs where it doesn't do much. He's got that consistency, which I think will help someone like Nathan Lyon. As the main spinner, you need your other ball up the other end just to be nice and tight and nice and patient. So I think Boland will do a great job if given the opportunity. Um, Hazelwood's a big loss, though, because he's played a lot of cricket over there. Stark's a big loss because of that speed through the air. Um, but I think, you know, Cameron Green probably sits above those two in regards to how important he is for this Australian attack. If if he's not bowling, um, that causes a bit of a headache for the Aussies in regards to selection. Which way do they go? So, yeah, look forward to see what they do. I think conditions play the biggest part. They've got to look at that pitch and then make a judgment on that. Um, there's still plenty of options in the squad. Uh, but, yeah, do they go two spinners? Do they go three quicks? Gee, it's been a great start to his test career, hasn't it? Six tests, 28 wickets at an average of 12. <laughs> yeah, phenomenal. It's an incredible phenomenal. start from yeah. Scott Boland. So uh, he's all but certain to play at Nagpur on Thursday. Uh, also back page of the uh, Australian today, robbed Aussie counting on a rematch. So a boxing controversy and a big one. Mm. Uh, I was watching the highlights of this yesterday. So Aussie Liam Wilson... Gave a great account of himself there in Arizona on Saturday. And uh, the Mexican Emmanuel Navarrete. Uh, so the Mexican eventually won by stoppage in round nine, but Wilson knocked him down in the fourth. Now, I don't know what the referee was doing, and spoiler alert, he's my villain, but he gave nearly 36 seconds for the Mexican to recover and even went and got his mouth guard up off the ground and put it in, but he put it in the wrong way, so it came out again, so... As you know, when someone's, you know, cop the count, Every the boxer wants to get on the attack straight away and potentially end, end the fight, which Wilson was trying to do. But he got nearly 30 seconds to compose himself. The Mexican eventually recovered and uh, won the fight. But uh, Wilson's camp's Lodge Day protest. The World Boxing Association set to meet the middle of this month and hopefully the bouts ruled a no contest and we get a rematch between the two. But uh, Rematch anyway, no matter has what. Has to be. No yeah, matter well, what I heard Liam Wilson yeah. say last night that he spoke to him after the fight and he said if the money was right, he'd prepared to, to have a rematch. So, and potentially here as well. Yes, so yeah, I, I think the rematch will be there. It'd be good though if it was uh, null and void, that, that fight. Um, I, I'm unsure of how you overturn it. Obviously, you've got to have mitigating circumstances and by all accounts with that 20 second seven delay or 27 second delay that did seem a little bit odd and I heard Wilson also talk about the referee specifically came into the the rooms or, or I don't know whether they do this all the time uh, before fights but he specifically came in and said listen the count will happen and if you're not ready by eight and you're in big trouble you've got to be ready before the fight Bef- yeah, before the fight he told them I heard. I read those comments and I saw it last night. Right, interesting. Oh, well, he he did the opposite of that. <laughs> the absolute opposite. Had eight, just twenty eight. Mm. <laughs> what about it? Goes to put the mouth guard back in, puts it in the wrong, drops, spits it out. Oh, yes, cagey play, unbelievable. It's cagey play. Yeah, the fight should have been stopped when it was though. At the end, there it was. Yeah, it was mm. not. not not a great sight, but yeah. At the end of the day, it's they're going to double. Both fighters are going to double their money. There's going to be a rematch, so hopefully in Australia. Brilliant. Uh, also, back page of the Australian timely calls sparks sailors slick start. So there were a couple of trials over the weekend, uh, unofficial trials. So the Dolphins beat the Central Queensland Capras twenty-four to eight. 
That was in Gladstone. And Tristan Saylor, he was prominent for the Broncos in a 44-12 win over Winner Manly. Uh, and he's looking to get, I think there's one spot left on the Broncos roster. And, uh, well, he's uh, had a lot going on off the field as Tristan Saylor. He was uh, charged with sexual assault and was acquitted of those charges last year after he was stood down under the NRL's no-fault stand-down policy. So here he is now at the Brisbane, Brisbane Broncos, another one of his old man's old clubs, trying to get a spot on the roster there, and that performance helped him. Well, all he can do is put good performances on the field and train hard. Uh, they've got a spot available, and young Tristan came through the, the Dragons' lower grade. He played first grade there and got his opportunity, and over the last couple of years it hasn't been um, – well, it didn't work out really well for him. Uh, he got an opportunity up there at the Broncos, and I'd like to see the young kid do well. I, I think that he's certainly got a bit of talent. Um, he's a different size to his old man. Uh, Wendell was a block-busty winger, uh, but Tristan, different type of player. Uh, and all he can do is just put his foot, best foot forward and hopefully earn a shot uh, with the Broncos. But it'd be good to see another sailor up there with the Brisbane team. Heroes and villains this Monday. So give us a call, 135353. Send us a text, 0419767272. Um, already not happy about any potential sale of the grand final. Money already wrecked rugby league. Uh, was a working man's game. If it goes from Sydney, I will walk away from rugby league. So will a lot of people in Sydney. The history of the game means nothing. Just move it around because it's all about money. Absolutely disgraceful. No name to that one. Uh, Mick from Newcastle asks, is Hazelwood out for the series? If so, can we send another quick over and who would it be? Sounds like it only he'll only miss the first test. Um, but uh, and, and he's even... Don't know, you know. It's only Achilles. three days before the first and second test, I think. Okay. Yeah, I reckon he's. I reckon the first two tests. I reckon for yeah, for a quick as well in those conditions. If the, he's going to have to bowl a lot of overs in the nets now to prove that he's fit for that second test, I, I think the first two test matches are. If he misses the first, there's every chance he'll miss the second. I reckon Neeser would be the obvious, wouldn't he? Michael Neeser, if we need another quick, especially considering, and I know we spoke about it last week, I know he's not quite an all-rounder, but at least he's handy with the bat. Averages, mm. what, 25, I think, in What's first class. What's Jai Richardson? Where's he gone? Good question. He bowled like a genius mm. when he's played for Australia. Which is the one that... Had a foot injury, wasn't it? Yeah. He, he missed the... Does he play with Perth Scorchers? Yep. Yeah, because yep. no, he never played in the, in the final. final. No. Yeah. So he's out with injury as well. I, yeah, I get those two mixed well. up. There's a giant of Kane. Yes. Richardson. Kane is South Australia. More a white ball specialist. Yeah, yeah. he's played a lot of one-day stuff yeah. and 2020 stuff for Australia. Heroes and villains this Monday morning. Give us a call. 13.53.53. We have uh, uh, the uh, or the case of the Saint and Sinner, alcoholic con butcher, and a $100 gift card to give away to the winner of Heroes and Villains this morning. Just some results. Uh, now, Harry Kane has become Tottenham's all-time record goal scorer. He's past Tottenham legend Jimmy Greaves, 267th goal for the club. And it was a big one too because it ensured they beat Manchester City 1-0. So Spurs, that's a huge win for them. And it comes after Arsenal as well were beaten on the weekend by Everton. Uh, so uh, that's a good result for the Gunners. So at the top of the table then, Arsenal still five points clear and they've got a game in hand of Manchester City as well. The other game overnight, Nottingham Forest beat Leeds 1-0. Uh, goodness me, Wolves beat Liverpool 3-0 over the weekend as well. So the Reds in 10th spot, 29 points. Uh, yep, yeah, mid-table mediocrity for them this season. 
and uh, in the drop zone is Everton, Bournemouth and Southampton. So despite the win, Everton still just on goal difference. Four goals worse off than Leeds, both those clubs on 18 points. Yesterday in the A-League, the Western Sydney Wanderers beat Western United 1-0. On Saturday, Melbourne City beat MacArthur 6-1. Gee, poor result there for the Bulls. And uh, in a thriller at Allianz Stadium, Sydney FC beat Central Coast Mariners 3-2. Uh, so that's a big result for Sydney FC. And they've got, I'm pretty sure, the derby this week as well against the Wanderers. So that will be large. Now, uh, overnight in the Six Nations Rugby, France, a late try ensured they uh, will prevented an upset result. Italy looked like they had them, 24-22, but that late try ensured France won 29-24. Jeez, that would have been an upset, Mido, if that upset. happened. Yeah, they're the Six Nations champs. Obviously the favourites for the World, World Cup too, aren't they? And the post-Eddie Jones era at England started poorly there at Twickenham over the weekend. Scotland beat England, 29-23. Ireland, well, there was not. <laughs> Delilah wouldn't have been sung with any gusto if it was going to be sung anyway because uh, Wales got smashed 34-10 to 10 by Ireland uh, over the weekend as well. But uh, heroes and villains, give us a call. 13-53-53. Uh, morning, boys. First one for the year, gents. Hero, Bathurst 12-hour. Always an awesome start to the year for motorsport in Australia. Villain, pretty wild. Was locked and loaded. And didn't look like firing up. No good pup. Cheers, yeah, boys. Agree. Bryce from Warilla. Agree, Bryce. Sending that one through. Agree. Uh, so go for it, Loz. What have you got for us? Uh, well, you mentioned it earlier this morning, you know, the referee in the Liam Wilson fight against Navarretti. Um, to allow a 27-second count when it should have been a 10-second count and allow him to get back in to the ring and he went on and beat Liam Wilson. I think that was an awful display from an experienced referee. So I'm giving him my villain. Um, my hero, you know what? I'm going to give it to the Perth Scorchers. Oh, yeah, I'm hearing you. You sound like you did that with pain. Well, I'm I, hearing yeah, you. I'm hearing you. But I'll tell you two reasons why. One, they, them and the Sixers were the best teams throughout the comp. The T20. But to get 55,000 yep. to turn up for a final, that's an extraordinary effort. So I'm going to give it more to the people who turned up and voted with their feet. Oh, not the Perth Scorchers, so, the players. Oh, well, Cooper Connolly. 19 Youngster. Year old. Yeah, there you go. Welcome to All A-grade. wrapped up in one. There you go. Well, I'm with you, Loza. I'm going the Scorchers. I'm going the players, though, and everyone a part of that setup over a long period of time. Five BBL. Uh, victories, number one on the list. I think the six is a second with three. Um, so to all the players, to their coach, Adam Voges, to Justin Langer, who played a massive part in, in setting up that culture in WA. Um, and like you say, off the stadium, 55,000. Unbelievable. Great turnout. Um, so congrats to them. They're my heroes. And I'm going pretty wild, unfortunately, as my villain. Hate to do it. Jeez. I'd like to find out more. Hopefully I'll find out more today what's happened if there's a little... Injury, little niggle there, but yeah, I have zero excuses. You know, that was, uh, she should have done a lot better than that. You might have to turn up to the stables and just, you know, pep talk. No, there'll be none of that. There'll be none of that. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just going on what I saw. (laughs) I don't know what happened, what went down. There's not an excuse for her to run like that. It's amazing in racing, isn't it? Because her prep was good. Yeah. From Chris, her preparation was good and they were. Just never know, do you? Never know. 
Well, I haven't. Yeah, we need to see yeah, again I'll if there's it, an yeah. update after because uh, one of the horses in the multi, Sulkham, uh, was two out of five late after its performance on the weekend. Yeah. So you had excuses, lots. Oh, I don't the other know, one. I don't know run. if if, if uh, the other one didn't run. Strong Bowley. Ah, right. So we got a refund. Yes. Oh, laughing. So that that was announced early in the day, midday. So it took all the pressure off. Mm. Gosh, I didn't even know that. But I tell you what, a lot of people like jumping on the multi just for the sake of bagging me. Because even at the wedding, people say, <laughs> "Okay, right, yeah." Right, how's your horse going to go daily? <laughs> so we at the you same wedding. Have, you should have said, know you. You should have said better, better than Clarkies. <laughs> <laughs> Did you did you plant because you know you're back at the races and I know how you operate at the track? Did yep. you plant people to wave at you when you walked in? Uh, no, I didn't because we had to get there early. Oh, okay, right. So, it's not so you can't early. get people. <laughs> yeah, the, you know when there's no one there. Yeah. But I walked in with a group of mates. Um, I did my usual trick: walk around the room and said, "Get on the one in this race. <laughs> get on the three in this race." <laughs> and then, then, oh, so then I'm standing there and I'd forgotten I did it. They come over and say, thanks for that tip. Yeah. I go, no, it's not a drama. <laughs> and the boys I'm with go, what's your tip? Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember. I, can't remember. <laughs> um, I did receive yeah. a text message from someone who prominently worked on this show for the last three years and just said, for Monday, Ken confirmed Laurie carved up the dance floor. Now... I have oh, a picture. Oh, yeah. But oh, there darling. you are on the side of the dance floor yeah. with no one within about three metres of you. Yeah, because I did a twirl. Oh, okay. So the lady who I was twirling, she was on the other end of the dance floor. <laughs> so I was oh, dancing with the bride's mother. There's the uh, hand in the air. Yeah. So that's obviously a tune you're really getting stuck into. Yeah. How was the music? Mate, the music was good. Okay. The music was really good. Okay. Mate, I'm telling you, as I said, I didn't know what to expect going to the wedding at the races. What it, time did it, What time did you get there? Eleven. It got there eleven. Eleven thirty. We started. And what time did the races finish? Uh, what time did you leave the venue? So I left the venue probably half past. Um, okay, but, that's good. That's a good yeah, day nighter. But no, it, it, honestly, I've never. It was one of the great weddings of all time. Okay. Now we're talking. One of the great weddings of all time. And you on the dance floor? Yep. Did you go well? Uh, yeah, I rated myself a... Out of ten. Oh, a good seven, eight. Okay. Seven, Did you keep eight. your... Were you fully dressed the entire yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It wasn't No, it wasn't it was, sure you know, it was a different around. crowd, you know. It wasn't Did you go suit and tie? To. What was it? Suit and tie. You went the tie? Yeah, I did. Okay. I did go the suit and tie. But um, no, it was a... Cracker day, was it? Cracking day, yeah. yep. I'm going to read you a pretty wild stewards report here, Clark. Oh. It's been well mentioned. Okay. So uh, when questioned, Jay McDonald stated that as advised to stewards, he was instructed to have the mare race with cover. Yep. Uh, he, he allowed the settle where comfortable, commenced to shift in to obtain cover behind Rubitar. At the 1,000 metres, uh, the mare received a significant bump from Aravine. Yeah. Uh, so he said that in the incident, Pretty Wild became unbalanced, forced into position three wide without cover. And after enduring a tough run when racing wide and without cover, did not close off as anticipated. Uh, he he think that Pretty, pr- J-Mac thinks Pretty Wild might be suspect at 1,300 metres, which mm. we thought maybe stepping up to that far. trip might be too far for yeah. her and needs to be provided with a soft run to see out the distance. And uh, so also maybe a theory that she doesn't like. Uh, she likes some cut in the ground. 
Mm. She likes it when it's a, you know, a soft track. So, okay. um, and a post-race vet examination revealed that she was slow to recover. So maybe some excuses there. But, you know, you've got a pretty good trainer. I'm sure he'll figure yeah, it out. I you can see that the bump's clear. You can see she gets that. Mm. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't, what do I know? I know nothing anyway. <laughs> Hopefully she's okay. We've got Mark on the line. G'day, Mark. G'day, Jared. G'day, boys. How are we? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. Good, thank you. And welcome back for another year. Yeah, good to be uh, back. Find a couple of horses for you during the year that you might want to follow and uh, and whatever. But my hero and villain for this week is from the racing game. It's uh, Charlton as my villain yesterday at Goldman. Goal thirty, goal thirty-five. Poor old Nashville Willer went all the way down to Goldman and uh, yeah, got beaten again. So he's my villain. <laughs> yeah, I saw some uh, spirited discussion about it on social media last night. But uh, what about oh. your hero? <laughs> Uh, my hero is from the other end of the, the, the uh, racing spectrum. It's Port Macquarie yesterday. CJ Graham has been off for about six to eight months, maybe, with a really bad injury. Came back to Port Macquarie yesterday, first uh, day back, and rode a double. So she was pretty emotional after riding the second leg of her double. Yeah. When speaking to Gary Pleasy. So that's obviously is my hero because it's a hard sport, uh, jockeys, and uh, to see you know, how, how emotional she was, and she plans to stay in the North Coast, unless she gets a good ride to go to the city and go back home where she normally rides. So, yeah, they're my hero and villain for this week, mate. No, good nominations, Mark. What did you make of Aft Cabin there on Saturday? It was a pretty soft win, to say the least. Well, Jared, as simple as this. When you when you saw his first win at Sandown, we are going back a fair bit, I said to a few friends, this is our racehorse. Mm-hmm. He beat a horse called Bel Air, who won the other day, of, of Freeman's. He didn't beat it. This was on a dry track too, because everybody's talking about the wet tracks and, and what it beat it by six lengths, Jared, at Tanya. Now, I and David Carr out that, that day, and I said to these people, let's look at this horse. It's a freak, this thing. It's got gears. And then obviously he's had some issues and, yeah, wet tracks. And So, yeah, to answer your question, mate, the race was over. When James, James Dog got into one out, one back, he might have gone to the bookmaker and paid out. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah, it was a soft win, wasn't it? In, well, uh, a soft the... win. It was a good ride, yeah. It was a great ride. Yeah, yeah, he's from the barrier. I mean, like mm. got it over there. Yeah, and uh, but he's a serious horse. You know, like he's straight away he's in eight dollars for the Doncaster. Yeah, well, they got some options. You know I mean? so, well, James James Cunning spoke to the boys on Saturday morning, and he said I'm going to have to throw a nomination for there, 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 there. Mm. Try and get his a whole lot, but you know, I'd love to see him running the Doncaster because he's a three year old. And yeah. you know, my thing about three year olds in handicap races is you only get a chance once when you're a three year old to get. A, a decent weight, and I'd love to see him in, in Doncaster. Yeah. Speed on, sitting back there and blow him away. No, good stuff, Mark. Appreciate your call as always. And, Thanks, uh, Mark. We've got... Go no, I was going to say, he's a good horse. Yeah, serious horse. Just look good to the eye too, winning. Ah, uh, we've got Shane. G'day, Shane. How you going, Mido? Yeah, very good, mate. Yourself? Loz, Clarky, how are you, boys? buddy. How are you, Shado? How's my Kansas City Chiefs going to go, mate? I'll get smashed. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, I, I love I love Mahomes, but mate, they, they're coming up against a defense that's just awesome. And um, you, Mahomes couldn't be recovered yet; he couldn't be. Oh, I thought he was okay. I think the extra week will help him. It has to. Um, Cincinnati just didn't put enough pressure on him. You know? Yeah. Um, wait and see. Look, I've got to hear own villain boys, but just on um, Fellaini's move in the grand final, I think Sydney fans, a lot of Sydney fans, have to understand it's not the Sydney Rugby League; it's the National Rugby League. And he has to go to the highest bidder because the government reneged on a deal. And that's the bottom line. And I'll have Valandis tell us the government, pay up or we'll move this thing. Simple as that. Well, he's already um, done that, Shane, I reckon. Yeah. 
Well, I, I hope he does. You know, I mean, pay, pay the money. It's the biggest event in Australia. You know? But anyway, um, heroes Jordan Malata getting dumped by the dogs and rabbits. What he's achieved in the game over there in the NFL so far. He's probably the best tackle in the game and his clash with Chris Jones next Monday will be sensational. My villain, mate, who else? Tom Brady. This time last year... <laughs> no, he announced his retirement exactly the same time last year, a week before the Super Bowl, trying to get publicity for himself. I know he's a goat. I know he's won seven Super Bowls, but the guy's a dead-set wanker. And his missus is, <laughs> no, I'm telling you. The guy, is let, he's, his missus is now with a karate expert in Brazil. Good luck to her. She's moved on. And the bloke, mate, the Man in Arena series, I would never watch it. I can't stand the bloke. He's won me a fair bit of money over the years. But, mate, <laughs> you know what? He will be at the 49ers in May. He'll be there pre-season training. He's a, bella, he's a prima donna. He'll I don't think again. he can come back now after announcing his retirement for the second time. Who yeah. do you think's a bigger prima donna, he or Aaron Rodgers? Oh, jeez, it's a oh, toss-up yeah. there. Oh, Leave me out of Rodgers. Rodgers by the length of the straight. Yeah. He's yeah, got I mean, 400 Rogers million. He's got to go and do a commentary now. How's <laughs> yeah. yeah, your Bears going anyway? What are they going to do for a quarterback? Well, good. we've got Justin Fields. We've just got to build a team around him. You're going to rely no. on him. Well, Fields carried the team on his shoulder last year, but we didn't have any defense or offensive line to protect him. You know? But, hey, what about the Dolphins winning on the weekend, eh? <laughs> Domination's here. Dolphin domination. Red and gold, one fold, baby. Good on you, Shane. Hey, boys. Hey, Shane. Uh, we got Who Adam. did they play, the Dolphins? Uh, they played the Central Capris. Queensland Capras. <laughs> <laughs> Dolphin they, they domination, you reckon, Lost? Dolphin <laughs> they named their captain, Jesse Bromwich, the other day. I guess he was probably the obvious oh. choice out of oh, the squad. Oh, he's the most assembled. experienced player they've got. Yeah. And he's captain New Zealand before. Look, they've got an experienced forward pack. They're an old, experienced forward pack. Now, yeah, they've got some good young players underneath that. But my big concern for the Dolphins will be the depth if they get oh. a few injuries. Um, but I wouldn't be saying they can't win less than five games. I, I think they will win five, six games, you know, seven games, mate, possibly. They're a chance of winning that many, which would be a good start for Wayne Bennett. Mm. Um, I th- yeah, Wayne Bennett is still a coach. Wherever he goes to, he tends to have success and can have success early. I mean, he did it. The Raiders did it with the Broncos, Dragons, Newcastle. He had a bit of success there. Um, so I wouldn't say they're going to, you know, they're, they're not going to make the eight first season. All right, I, I don't think that'll happen. In fact, it won't happen. Uh, but they're, they're more than capable of winning six, seven games. G'day, Adam. How are you, mate? Boy, boy. Yeah, outstanding, boys. Yourself? Going well, mate. What's happening? Uh, actually, you wouldn't believe it. Unless you're watching the sunrise up here at Terrigal, doing a bit of a. Uh... Getting up this hill. I've been puffing a little bit, to tell you the truth. Oh, yeah. cardio. Skillion there yeah, at Terrible, eh? Love yeah, it. Yeah. Mm. About the pleasure everyone when I get down here with the uh, budgies on, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> heroes and villains. Uh, hey, that groom, <laughs> that wedding you went to, Laurie, yep. he's my hero. Anyone who can organise a wedding at the races, <laughs> he's a genius and a hero of mine. And oh. I'm glad I've never been married, but which one do? And I tell, I tell you the other thing about him being a hero. I think he was the last one to leave. 
We just keep going up and up in my uh, in my world. I just want to be him now. He is a, he's a great fella too, and, and yeah. Loz's uh, description of him is perfect. Twenty four and sunny. Twenty four and sunny. Yeah, that's that's him every day. Twenty four and sunny. That's what the boys call him. He never floats between it. <laughs> so good. That's the way yeah, to live. Who's your villain, Adam? Um, Chuck, like everyone else, that's that. Yeah, referee in the boxing match. I don't think it's hurt too many villains this week. But going forward, Ronald Griffiths will be the hero after this week. He's a champion, man. Laurie, as you know. Great man, Ronnie. Champion. Having up in Newcastle, Fish. Yeah. I've done outstanding with that uh, NRLW side. Great people. To, uh, just a great person himself. And what he does in the community is uh, outstanding. I work quite closely with Ronald. And uh, I hope he has a good week with those blokes and gets them all up. Yeah, no, I spoke to him over the weekend. And the other thing about Ronnie is he just doesn't sit on his heels either. Um, because we're talking about just doing some personal development stuff with you know, people in other fields. And he's a guy that has good knowledge of rugby league. He had success there with the NRLW girls last year with the Knights. And I'm really happy to see him in charge of this All-Stars team, Indigenous All-Stars team. And I, I think hopefully one day, and I know he's got the talent to do it, uh, to go and coach an NRL side. Now, Loz has just shown us a video of his uh, said neighbour oh at this God. wedding at the races on Saturday, getting up and singing Thunderstruck. Now, I've got a rule. Really, like, you know, iconic songs. Yeah. If, if you can't sing it properly, you can't get up there at all. And Butcher, <laughs> great songs. Now, what I've just witnessed... Is a butchering of the highest order. Was it, at the was time, it I didn't think he butchered it. At the time, I thought it was a really cool job. <laughs> was it a wedding or karaoke? It Sorry? It wasn't karaoke. No, no, no. It's a he wedding. Just, he just jumped up there with the band. Just thought, let's <laughs> just said, play on. I'm, I'm singing. It's his favourite song. <laughs> What's the bride and groom saying? Uh, <laughs> Sit down? Oh, they know him. <laughs> they knew it's it not was, a surprise. They knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Not an easy song to sing. I right. mean, there's only one Axel Rose. But what about when he <laughs> waited? Oh, he Axel waited Rose. for the, what the, am I the doing? thunderstruck. Right wrong wrong band for a start. <laughs> oh dear, that Akadaka. was um, Akadaka. that Akadaka. was proper karaoke. Yeah, no, it was good. I, I tell you, it was one of the best weddings I've been to. Unbelievable. Yeah, great yeah. day. <laughs> I know, Jono. Wrong one. Anyway, heroes and villains here. Um, we've got... Oh, g'day, all heroes this week. The Mighty Wolves, who beat Liverpool 3-0. Ruben Neves was superb. Villain is Phil Moss. Mossy, I love you. But in your summary, you all, all you moaned about was how bad Liverpool were. Wolves were brilliant. You're only as good as your opponent allows you to be. Cheers. John from Wingham, who, of course, is a big uh, Wolves fan. And uh, the result overnight, if you're just tuning in, Tottenham have beaten Manchester City uh, 1-0. And courtesy of a goal from Harry Kane, who has broken the record there at Tottenham to become the club's all-time leading scorer, uh, going past club legend Jimmy Greaves. Uh, So uh, that's a big result, particularly for Arsenal as well, who lost on the weekend to Everton uh, 1-0. So they're still five points clear and have a game in hand as well. Okay, heroes and villains this Monday. Give us a call, 1353 53 and on the text line, 0419767272. Hi, gents. My hero this week is my wife for backing a horse named Flora at Newcastle Races on Sunday, which Julie saluted at $51. Uh, villains Jack White and Latrell Mitchell in the NRL preseason. The gift that keeps on giving, says Turbo Bob. Um, hero is the behind-the-gates multi, a nice win. Villain Latrell and Jack, nothing good happens after 12 boys. Cheers, Bell DeNoro, uh, sending that one through. And we got Rod. G'day, Rod, how are you? 
Boys, how are we? Happy New Year, Rod. Yeah, hey, Rodney. You can't say it in bloody February, apparently, but Happy New Year. <laughs> oh, can't you? Broke a cardinal sin there, Laurie. What's the end date? What, the what's the cut-off date? Apparently, January, after the second week in January, but I don't believe in that crap anyway. Yeah, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> How you been, boys? All right? We've yeah, been good, good mate. Well, buddy. How are you, been? Yeah. yeah, good. That's all right. Not, 95%, 90%. That's me. That's, right. that's it now. Anyway, footage season starts soon. I'm wrapped. Um, me villain and hero, guys. Yes. Hero's got to be that Liam Wilson. Great effort. Yeah. Fantastic. He was Lozzy Spirit. It's what you love to see. Yep. You see the same weekend when the great man out in the ring in the octagon. Me villain. It's got to be that ref. What type of clown tries to put a mouth guard in backwards? <laughs> yeah, we spoke about this. And... Chip Laurie, it's impossible. Yeah. Well, it is, and a referee that's been in ch- like in charge of fights before, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, it's rules. Well, I think that's, that's why they're, well, they're, they're making some complaints, I know that. Well, the thing is, Laurie, the bloke, he's not in a class as, as that lad, right? That was his chance to win a world title mm. and, and, and give him a rematch where he gets all the money and put him in an Australian in a position where he's going to be virtually pretty well looked after as an Australian boxer. That ref has just denied him massively. Anyway, Liam, head up, champion. Go and knock him out next time, that left hook. Yeah. He, he, he launched him three feet, fellas. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, I, I, I saw the fight I, I, like on replay, mm. and I thought, this bloke, he's gone. And Liam knew it straight away too, but the referee somehow was able to not continue the fight straight away. So I, I'm sort of in agreement with you there, Roddy. I, I don't know. I don't know what to call it, but it didn't look good. Good on you, Rod. Thanks for the call, mate. Uh, we've got Sean. G'day, Sean. How are you? Hello, Sean. We got you there, Sean. How are you, mate? Yeah, yeah mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Have you got a hero and villain for us? Mate, my hero is on a few, a couple this, this week. Mate, you watch the races from um, Milton on Saturday night, you know? No. No, I... Uh... Had an event on Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> Couldn't see much at all. <laughs> it's probably mate, explains you're calling my... uh, Asa Rose Brian mate, Johnson my... before. Anyway, go for it. Yep. it mate. My hero this week is uh, Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin. They train, as you know, a lot of horses and some very, very good ones. And they had two on the weekend. One that won the Hunter Cup, Honolulu Bay. Absolute freak of a horse. But the best one they've got at the moment has to be Captain Ravishing. Now, it was his first start back from since November last year. It won going away by 28 metres, done 150.9 or, or something to that amazing record. And, uh, mate, they're, they're my heroes. They just train so many good horses. And, mate, we'll see Captain Ravishing in the um, Chariots of Fire in about two weeks of an angle. So hopefully we can get out there and see that. And, yep. yeah. But my, my deal is myself for not getting back on Honolulu Bay. I got off it and missed the boat on Saturday night was feeling, but, mate... That's pun. That's how it goes. So. No, that's it. Uh, we're out at an angle in a few weeks as well, mm. heading in towards the Miracle Mile, of course. Uh, not Fort too far today. away. Yes. Well, late this Fort month. Not today, isn't it? Uh, before the start of the footy season. I know that. Yeah. I think it's the end. It's I the Monday before the footy weeks. season starts. Okay. Well, that's the so 28th, that? I think. 28th. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. But good on you, Sean. Thanks for the call. Uh, keep them coming. Now, just on the All-Stars game, Loz, so uh, Roosters, Joey Manu, Jared Warrior Hargreaves are out. Uh, Manu has a facial fracture. 
Warrior Hargreaves back and hamstring issue. Both are expected to play round one, though. Uh, Big Nelson's out. Dylan Walker. Dallin Wittini Zalesniak. Stafford Toa. Dejan Arcee as well. And Josh Adokar's pulled out of the Indigenous side. He wants to get his mind and body right for round one. And he's another player that's only what come back into training for, what, barely a month or so, <sighs> wouldn't he have been? So, it, I mean... The concept's great, we know that, but was this the year to potentially maybe just give it one year off considering the World Cup and now that we see, you know, a lot of players we've never heard of drafted into these sides? Uh, Look, look, it's a good question because you want your your best players to be a part of it, but I will say this about the actual week. Um, With the Indigenous guys, and I can't speak for the, the, the Maori guys, but... It's really important for the Indigenous boys to reconnect to culture. And, and that's a big focus of the week. Not only playing the game, but what they do in terms of culturally. Um, and speaking to elders and doing a lot of good stuff in the community and learning um, a lot more about themselves and sharing other people's journeys and stories. And um, I'd love for people to, you know, at, at some stage, see what happens inside these camps. Uh, and the impact that it has. Um, and and for me, that's what the week is all about. And then the footy game is secondary. Um, but you definitely want your big-name players to be there. Uh, that adds to the spectacle. Um, it, 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 it could have been a discussion where they may have been able to um, you know, not have it this year, but then you've got to weigh up what the impact that would be on some of these players who love, enjoy getting into this environment and sharing and listening about culture and understanding a lot more of it. Because people just assume because you're Aboriginal, you know everything about it. You know everything about your history, or you don't. You continually find finding out stories about yourself, your own families, other people's families. Um, and that's the best part of the week. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, no, I don't, I, I don't know whether they sh- should have cancelled it because uh, I think it's more important what they actually learn and understand about culture during the week, more so than what it is about the game. Uh, and Thursday night, we get to see the Tim Sheens, Benji Marshall era for the first time, really, uh, as they take on the Warriors over in New Zealand in a trial game. All these trials are on Fox and KO as well, but uh, gee, it's going to be fascinating to see how the Tigers go this year, Pup. But uh, trials are trials, but... Uh, <clears throat> I think they're a side that will want to make an impression pretty early. Yeah, I think every team's different. You you see the the big teams rest a lot of their their main players, and they might play one trial game instead of all of them. But I, yeah, I think the Tigers need to be come game one. I don't think there's any working into the season for the Tigers. I think they've got to start well, so the first game becomes you know just as important as. What, how teams see leading up to the finals for the Tigers. They've got to, got, got to get off to a flyer, got to get a couple of wins under their belt to build some confidence in that group. Um, yeah, and it sounds like, Loz probably knows better than the rest of us, sounds like they're, they're, they're training and playing a very different style of footy to what they have in the past. So I'd imagine getting out and playing under game pressure or in game pressure is what, exactly what they need right now after a big preseason to now see if you can put it on the paddock in a game. I think yeah. that's going to be important. Yeah, that's that's the big challenge because against um, yeah n- no one you, you look good, and then yeah. against uh, in-house trials you can look good because you're not going at a hundred percent. We'll see what the Tigers are made of uh, when we see their style 
on Thursday night. Yeah. But again, I don't read too much into trials. Mm. I, I think you hold, you're still holding things back, different combinations, um, you know, develop over a period of time, especially when you're putting all these new players together in key positions. Um, so for me, it might take a bit of time for the Tigers to gel. But when you look at them on paper and you look at who they've recruited, they've recruited high-quality players that have come from winning environments that have played in big games, that can only help the West Tigers this year. Just mentioned before, the Roosters suffering a couple of injuries there. Joey Manu and Jared Wilria Hargreaves. Connor Watson that did a, well, hurt his patella at trading last month. And uh, news today that he'll miss more than half the season. So uh, oh, the utility geez, value that run. he provides. So a lot of a injuries, few, isn't he? A few issues for the Roosters there heading into the season. Yeah, but I still think they're one of the heavyweights. Mm. I, I, I can't see them not being there at the end of the year unless they get injuries. But you've got a guy like Connor Watson that would have been fighting with, say, a Jake Turpin to play on that interchange bench as that, that 14. So for mine, the Roosters have got a lot of depth this year. Um, you've always got to pick up injuries throughout the season. That's why depth is so important. Uh, he's good value, Connor Watson, if he can get onto the field. But unfortunately, he just hasn't been able to do it consistently over the, the last couple of years. But, you know, Manu, we're a hard grease. They'll be there to start the season. Uh, and the Roosters, I think, are second favourites um, on, the, on the tab market um, to win the competition. Um, you know, you've got Tedesco, Suwali, Manu. They've got plenty of strike, serious strike weapons in their back line. Yeah, $5.50 to win the premiership with Tab and Penrith, the $4 favourites as it stands to win the premiership this year. Uh, Morty, boys, what are your thoughts on the All-Stars game to be played the week before the grand final? Perhaps the grand final could be like the Super Bowl and have a two-week break after the prelim. Allows players to get over uh, to get over uh, minor injuries and have a great build-up for grand final week, says Kevin at Warhope. Thoughts? Can't see this ever happening. I can't see it happening, but I don't mind it. I, I don't mind the build-up to a grand final like they do with the NFL. Um, you could possibly play another game in that lead-up for players that weren't playing in the grand final. So you could play, you know, I know there's some talk about the All-Stars game. I think the All-Stars game is suited at the start of the season, but if they're looking to miss that or, or, or move that game, put it somewhere else, that possibly could be a fixture they could play. Um but, yeah, I, I don't mind the idea of having that two-week. And I suppose... You want everyone available, though, yeah, right? and, and the other one you I read on the weekend... You don't the best players not playing. No, the other one I read on the weekend, and with concussion being a big issue, I'm just thinking, you know, if you suffer a concussion the week before a grand final and they're having this automatic stand-down period, what effect that will have on teams? Couldn't agree more. That, that is going, we're going to see that sooner rather mm. than later. Uh, you know, someone might have a, a man probably doesn't ten think day, he's concussed as well. 10-day stand-down period or yeah. something like that. Or a 9-day stand-down period. Or, 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 yeah, yeah. So, so I think that might be something they'll consider moving forward. Uh, and uh, Morning Fellas did a gig with my band Disco Revolution in Parks on the weekend. The support band was called Foxy Cleopatra. What a great initiative by Parks Council. Uh, Hero, the Big Bash final. What a great game. Villain, pretty wild. Tough run, three wide. Stay away, Mido, until it shows a bit more ticker. Cheers. Graham sending that one through. Well, we mentioned earlier, well mentioned in the stewards report it was. And uh, we will hopefully get 
Clarkie will have some more information through mm. the week for us on that. The Big Sports Breakfast Lunch, it's back again Friday, February 24, and it's at the ATC at the new Wink Stand this year at Royal Randwick. So we'll have the sporting and racing royalty there. A special guest from Racing HQ as well. Great Arvo it will be. Tickets are on sale. Just go to the ATC's website, australianturfclub.com.au to get your seats and your tables for what's going to be a cracking afternoon. And Adam Pengilly is on the line. Morning, Adam. How are you, mate? Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. How's the weekend? Yeah, pretty good. Thank you. Uh, poor old Pretty Wild, uh, unfortunately, let the punters mm. down. Pup. Yeah. She had a shocker, Adam. What were your uh, what were your thoughts, buddy? Oh, I didn't have the easiest run, Clarky, but I must admit, I saw in the field report that she was slow to recover, so I think she's got a complete forgive run, but I, I'm starting to get the impression that she needs a bit of sting out of the ground. Yep. She wants a bit of a, a wetter track, so yeah. she might be that horse in time. We don't know, but I'd, be, I'd forgive her for this one, given that she featured in the field report and obviously put up with a couple of issues, but um, yeah, Chris is, a, oh, Chris is a master trainer. We all know that. If she's not right, probably send her for a spell, and Try and get her ready for a campaign up in winter or something like that. Aft Gavin was super, though, in the Eskimo Prince. Yeah, he was fantastic, wasn't he, Jared? I must admit, heading into that race on the weekend, I thought he was just a little bit vulnerable, particularly at the price. And you could maybe spec one or two around him, Azu Tiger or Sopenko, to, to beat him. But geez, he showed his class there on the weekend, didn't he? He was far too good for that field. Another beautiful ride by James McDonald. And just his turn of foot is just so electric, isn't it, really? So he had that race one a long way out from home. and. I heard you guys speaking a little bit earlier this morning when the call was about, you know, what are the options for him heading towards the, the rest of the Autumn Carnival now? He can, he can stay to his own age and probably take on that traditional three-year-old path or heading towards the, maybe an Australian or a Ramway Guineas or do they try and have a crack at a Doncaster? Um, I suppose James has got lots of options now. And given he's, given he's had that bleeding attack in the spring, you, you can't afford any more hiccups, can he? So one more of those and his career's done. So... I'd imagine James will be shooting for the stars later in the campaign, provided he keeps stepping up and, and raising the bar. But, um, yeah, what a great return to racing there. What did you make of Madeira Sunrise in the first? Yeah, she was pretty good, Loz, wasn't she? Uh, nice feeling from Michael Friedman. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know where she sort of sits in this golden sort of picture. I, I, I dare say that she might have to make a couple of lengths on some of those better fillies and better colts we've seen so far. But she did everything right. You can't complain about that. She had to dig in for the fight with Sicilian and... She was in a real dogfight there and was um, a little bit too good in the end. So, as Michael sort of mentioned after the race was, I suppose with these two-year-olds, you can't get too excited yet until you see them do something over 1,100 metres or 1,200 metres. And that was only a 1,000-metre race there on the weekend, obviously only a small field. And she was probably helped, to be fair, by the late scratching of her stablemate in Mexico who had issues at the barrier. So, he was the one that was heavily backed out of the two stablemates, but um, it ended up being a dear sunrise, got the cash. So... Yeah, we know what good trainer Michael Friedman is with these two-year-olds. Got a nice little another filly on his hand, but I dare say she's got to go through uh, the gears a little bit more, and maybe win another race heading towards a slipper to be a real live chance in that two-year-old race. Now, Darren Weir, you've written about uh, well any potential comeback for him to training. Where's that all at? Yeah, so his ban actually ends today, Mido. So from midnight tonight, if you remember correctly, that four-year ban that was imposed by Racing Victoria stewards for possessing those two years or electric shock devices comes to an end today. Uh, so from tomorrow, he's officially allowed back on a racetrack. But I've written a story in the Herald today um, that Racing Victoria have, have quietly changed one of their policies called a suitability policy for for assessing people wanting to come back to the industry. And one of the particular uh, rules that they've added or one of the guidelines they've added is particularly pertains to animal welfare, a person's previous record in regards to animal welfare. So reading between the lines, I dare say it's another hurdle that's going to be thrown in the path of Darren Weir if he wants to come back to, to train racehorses. There's no confirmation he's actually reapplied for his licence. Um, obviously, Darren Weir's lawyer I spoke to yesterday and Racing Tory keeping their cards very close to their chest on, on that front. But he is able to reapply 
to reignite his training career from tomorrow. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that, um, see what any further developments are. But I suppose it's another hurdle in the path of Darren Weir trying to come back to training. What's the likelihood of him going somewhere else if he can't get yeah. clearance in Victoria? It's a good question, Loz. It's a very good question. Um, Victoria obviously can make their own decisions and then it's up to the other states if they want to try and accept an application from him. So he potentially could move to wherever, I suppose, New South Wales. South Australia is not too far across the border. And he's, he's obviously sent a lot of horses across to race in Adelaide during his time as a trainer when he was all-conquering and dominating the Australian racing scene. So I suppose that is an option. Uh, each state will take that licensing application on face value and on their own merits. So, yeah, we'll wait and see how this plays out. But um, I reckon there's going to be plenty of movement on the Darren Weir front in the next few weeks. Yeah, I know animal welfare is a, a massive concern for the industry and everyone involved. But I'm still of the belief that once you've served your sentence, shouldn't you be allowed to, to come back in? Yeah, I can understand that point of view, Loz, but the issue that he's got is that Racing Victoria have actually reopened the inquiry uh, into, his, into his issues because when he was initially banned for four years, basically it was only for possessing those tickets. There was nothing else apart from that. But what we've seen now is his criminal matters passed through the courts. We've seen a video that was tended to court and played as evidence about some of the things that were going on behind the scenes. And Racing Victoria didn't have that evidence available to him at the time or didn't act on that. So that's... You know, that, that's going to be the issue for him, isn't it, really? It's not the fact that he had those duties. It's the fact that, you know, some of the, the cruelty that was going on in the videos that were shown have not really been dealt with by the racing authorities. So they've publicly admitted Racing Victoria that they've reopened that inquiry in December. That's still ongoing at the moment. I don't think it's going to last too long, judging to a couple of people I spoke to yesterday. I think they're still working on that and hope to get a resolution pretty soon. But I would not be surprised at all uh, if there's another punishment coming his way from Racing Victoria. What do you think is going to happen with Latrell Mitchell and Jack White and Adam? Yeah, good question, Jerry. Good question. I, I saw the vision on Channel 7 News last night, and listen, I wasn't working yesterday. I wasn't making a whole lot of phone calls on this particular issue. And Buzz, you'll speak to Buzz in a little while, boys. You'll have much more information on this. But it seems like it's just a bit of silliness and foolhardy, foolhardy gone, gone wrong, really. And But my question is, like, what? I know Jack's celebrating his birthday and everything like that, but nothing good happens after midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. So to be out at 3.45 in the morning or whatever it was, it's... Yeah, it's not a great look, is it? A week before you, they officially kick off their season in the All-Stars game. So I imagine they're not going to get too significant punishments, I wouldn't have thought, from the NRL or their clubs, but it's just not a good look. Mate, you have a good day. See you, boys.